0: the show begins. Hello everyone, this is Eric Pennington with the Spirit of EQ and welcome to the Spirit of EQ podcast.
1: Life is a journey. Spirit of EQ helps shape and guide the road ahead for individuals, leaders, teams, and organizations striving to realize their full potential through emotional intelligence. Spirit of EQ is a coaching and consulting company that assists individuals and businesses to reach their full potential by developing emotional intelligence. In business, managers and leaders recognize the value of training to develop leadership skills. What they may not realize is that those skills are far more effective when they pay attention to not only performance, but also to people. Emotional intelligence is a crucial skill Because people drive performance and emotions drive people. After this podcast, listen for a special opportunity to learn more.
0: Today we have a very special guest, Christy Farmbaugh, who is the executive director of NABO Columbus, is joining us today for a lively conversation. And joining me as always is Jeff East with The Spirit of EQ.
2: Hi, Jeff. Hello, Eric and Christy and everyone listening. So with that, hello Christy. How are you?
3: Hi Eric, great. So happy to be with you on this sunny Friday afternoon.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, and that's we've got a little view of that now too, so it is a good thing, uh yeah. considering where we live, right? Yeah. <laughs> So, Christy, um, I even said this to you uh, before we came on air that, you know, I really want to make sure I don't butcher your last name. And I think I did pretty good there. And I think I got your title all good. Now, here's the opportunity for you. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about what you do with NABO? What it is, actually, maybe because there could be some that don't know what it is and maybe a little bit of its history. How about that?
3: I would love to share that with you, Aaron. Thank you so much. So. Um, as I said, I am uh, Christy Farmball, Executive Director of Naval Columbus, and I joined the organization uh, in July of 2017, so just about two and a half years ago, um, and have been charged with shepherding a 20-plus-year-old organization, professional association for women business owners. And so we serve women business owners of all sizes, um, industries, creeds, uh, diversity of all kinds, gender, um, racial, uh, again, income level, um, to who want to grow their business and make their mark on the world. So, that's really who we who we serve. The history of Navo, uh, so National Association of Women Business Owners, um, it goes back to 1975. So, I tell this story a lot, and folks are, are surprised to hear it, that in 1975, women were not allowed, it was illegal, to per- to borrow money in your own name without a male co- co-signer to start a business. And that's not been very long ago, right? Not very long ago, 1975. Some, some fearless, dedicated women from across the country uh, kind of picked up and moved themselves to Washington. Because, of course, that was before cell phones and social media and all of that, right? They literally, you know, called and walked the halls of the state house to begin to lobby to change that law to allow women to borrow money in their own name to service. Because it was really the wild, wild west at that time. So uh, any male co-signer would do, a husband would work well. But if you didn't have a husband, um, there are stories. And I have actually met a couple of these women who worked on this um, on this legislation you're, um, you know, say you're divorced, and this was a true, true case. She was divorced. Her father had died, and so her 17 year old son signed the business.
0: Oh, my goodness.
3: Um, that, right? <laughs> there, were, there were stories of uncles with bad credit, and, you know, again, any sort of walking, breathing male would, would do. And so, as you might imagine, these women thought this was not right and, and it was holding them back in a host of ways. Uh, so they moved to Washington and, and lobbied for 13 years, which is 13 years, until October the 25th, 1988, when then-President Ronald Reagan signed the Women's Business Ownership Act into law, uh, making it, uh, uh, you know, um, lawful to loan to, to women business owners. And there are, there are a few right here in Columbus who I know who, who went through that fight in the day. Um, and once the law passed, um, which, by the way, that law holds the record for the piece of legislation that moved through the legislature in the fastest amount of time, it took 102 days in 1988, and that record still stands as the fastest <laughs> piece of legislation. And, you know, today, we can understand that, right?
0: It <laughs> yeah, Exactly. <laughs>
3: Uh, so that's kind of an interesting little, you know, for any history buffs out there, it's kind of an interesting little fact, right? Um, and that law was intended to, A, let women, you know, attain business loans in their own name without a male co signer but also increase access to mentors uh, and role models and educational opportunities and really begin to lift women up and give them equal access to systems that support entrepreneurship. Uh, so those were, those were some of the things that were, um, you know, that they worked on. And, and the kind of the really sad part of this story is here we are 31 years later and many of those same barriers exist for women business owners. So I, if you don't mind, I'll just kind of hit what those are. We, we done a lot of research on this. And-
0: well, you know what, Christy, as you're saying that, uh, y- you kind of uh, read my mind because that's where I wanted to go. Is kind of like, well, how are things going today?
3: <laughs> that's a great question, Eric. I'm glad you asked. <laughs> <are> <laughs> and, and I, there are some, and there are some bright spots, right? There are, there's certainly some great, wonderful success stories. And um, one of those is, of, of course, is that Nabo chapters popped up across the country. Um, many of them began in the, in the mid-90s, um, Navo Columbus uh, came to be in 1997. Around this idea that uh, we started with what was called the Visionary Awards, which we still give today to women who have made significant contributions to um, their communities and their families and, and their businesses. Um, but it started with that very kernel of an idea about why don't we raise up and begin to celebrate the women who are who are making strides, right? And growing businesses and helping families and communities and whatnot. Um, and we know there, there's some, um, we'll talk a bit more about that, but as it relates to the, the current barriers today, right? So we're still looking at a wage and wealth gap. There's a lot of, there's quite a bit of talk in Columbus, certainly about equal pay for women who work in companies, right? And um, the, other, the other sort of sad part of the story is that Whatever whatever white women face in their businesses, women of color um, really have even a harder uphill battle, right? So, the minority piece of the, or the, the women of color piece is, is also at play. So, um, let's take a look at the wealth gap. So, the Women's Fund of Central Ohio has recently released a gender and wealth study that cites entrepreneurship as the one of the best ways to create an independent financial economic future um, for your family, for your community, and uh, quite honestly, for the nation. Right. So, owning business and entrepreneurship is a pathway to that. Um, however, in, in Ohio, based on the census data from 2012, we know that, uh, again, in Ohio, women, there's a 78% disparity among total about around total income of women owned businesses compared to male companies. So I'll sort of say that again because that was kind of jumbled. So there's a 78% disparity in total income earned for women business owners when compared to male business owners. So what that means is women entrepreneurs in Ohio make 22 cents on the dollar. So there's, and there's a host of reasons for that. We actually want to dig in and find out a little bit more about the root cause of that, right? Um, some of that is our own limiting beliefs, right? As, as women, we tend to not ask as much. We don't charge as much. Um, we take bad deals. You know, some of that is our own limiting beliefs and um, things we've been told. And then some of it is just the system with which we have to operate in, the, the political, economic, and social system um, that we operate in, which, which leads into kind of a second barrier, which is um, a lack of access to capital. So in 1988, when the Women's Ownership Act was passed, women were getting 2% of all capital bank loans, venture capital, the whole deal. And today, in 2019, almost 2020, it's still 2%. And yet, women start businesses anywhere, you know, you hear different numbers, but anywhere from three to five times faster and more often than men.
2: Hey, Christy, this is Jeff. I've got a, so, a go ahead, I'll let you finish.
3: Yeah. No, that's okay. A jump in.
2: Uh, my question is, how much do you think is this result of a mindset either from the women's aspect or from the establishment?
3: I think it's both. Right. That's a that's a really great question. Um and gets a little bit into another barrier, which is um persistent implicit bias, right? So there is also some additional research in the in the capital in the in the in the VC conversation, right? When I'm pitching to an investor, um, men are asked questions around how they will grow and succeed, and women are asked questions around how they won't fail, right? And questions around well, how can you possibly grow this company as a mother of two small children, or how do you think you can compete when you're, you know, there's this there's this implicit bias, right? That um, women, we are. Women are most often the caregivers, and we certainly are the ones who give birth, right? Um, but that somehow limits your ability to be a successful business owner.
2: Well, Eric is sitting here hitting his head when he heard you saying that. So, how do you go about changing that mindset? I, I think. Do you think it would be easier to change the mindset of the the establishment, whatever that is, or the mindset of the women?
3: Right, so so again, another great question. I love this. So that's one of the reasons why organizations like Anavo Columbus or Anavo in any in any community, there are sixty chapters across the country, and it's a reason why you need a community and a sisterhood, if you will, um, to to help you get over those times. Right when in your head things might not be going so well, or or you think you're not worthy, or you want to quit. Right, you just from everybody. I mean, I think men need this kind of support too. I don't know if they reach out and seek it as much as we do as women. Um, you know, the guys tend to just jump in and do stuff, I think, and we tend to be so planful, and every T's got to be dotted and every I's got to be, or every T's got to be crossed and every I's got to be dotted, and right? Very planful. I know personally I'm a planner, right? And sometimes you need to just, just do it, right? Just go. Um, so so an organization like NAVO helps with that. We help provide that education and training on those soft skills and building up the confidence, right? And so we kind of talk about the three things we need is we need a seat at the table. Um, and, you know, in this, in this day and age, there's kind of no reason that when we convene and gather and hold forums that the that's, that it isn't a diverse pool of people in the conversation, right? So that's one thing. Um, a second piece would be just a level playing field, right, so that, that we can have the same access to the same systems, the same loans, the same structures um, as guys. And then the last piece is that knowledge, support, and courage. So all that we can do to help train um, access to role models, right? So um, seeing people who look like us, who are doing what we want to do, so successful, Women business owners, successful business owners of color, right? How do we how do we shine a spotlight um, and create that hope that 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 isn't true? You know, is within your reach.
2: So you you said a word in there that intrigued intrigued me when you said courage. H- how do you go about increasing the courage in 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 the women that you're working with?
3: Yeah. So one of the ways we do that is members can participate in what we call roundtables. You might also call them masterminds, kind of same, same idea, right? So it's groups, a group of six to eight uh, women, business owners, varying sizes, different industries, non-competing businesses, who meet once a month to work on their business. So this is like serious, you know, I got an HR problem, how do I figure this out? And usually there's somebody in the group, right, who's lived through the same thing. How do I solve the HR problem? How do I find capital? The bank froze my line of credit. What do I do about that? Right. So that's that's one of the things we do. The, so the other stuff is that we we have um the way we convene I'll I'll talk to you in a in a minute about the public policy work that we do, but that's the long game, right? Continuing to change the laws and change the systems and level playing field is a long is a long term game. And in the meantime, we can convene in small groups, so build that community. So yesterday, just yesterday, we had our monthly lunch. so the first Thursday of every month. We meet at the boathouse, and we have a, a dynamic speaker, and about 100 or more folks will show up, depends on the speaker and the topic, of course, right? And yesterday happened to be um, a talk about disruptive innovation with Tanisha Robinson from BrewDog. She's been the CEO of BrewDog USA, right? And I was actually recently starting a new a new startup called Wonder, and she just kind of likes to blow things up. Right, she's a, she's an innovator and a disruptor, self-proclaimed. Um, and so to see her on stage, I mean, people just want to hear that story and want to hear about how she overcame the challenges. And right, I mean, she's had she's been involved in companies that are that were losing a million dollars a month, which I can't I can't quite wrap my head around that. What do you do? when you're like, holy cow, right? And economies of scale, for a smaller business, that might be a thousand dollars a month. But what do you do when you're hemorrhaging cash, right? And so that to, to one of the things we're really focused on and really working on in heading into twenty twenty is capturing and sharing those stories of women who have who who overcome those challenges and, and build that courage and can sort of be that lighthouse, right, for a woman who's on that path to, to, to keep going, right, be persistent, um, and help help her build that courage. You
0: know, uh, Christy, as you uh, mentioned, that part of me banging my head that Jeff <laughs> <laughs> referred to is sometimes I, I, I feel like uh, men are like Charlie Brown, and we keep falling for lucy's trick <laughs> um, you know I, I got to thinking so i'm not going to go into male bashing so i i i'm i'm going to take a, a higher road here and it makes me realize that a lot of women business owners may have resources that they may not even know that they have inside of themselves right and mm-hmm i I know in the work that we do we're always endeavoring to help people to discover how they can leverage their emotional intelligence and all of the competencies and I know for my own life and the things that I've endeavored to do is that that's when it's critical right that it's It's critical to leverage the tools you have inside of yourself when it's two in the morning and you're you wake up and you go, Oh my gosh, did I make' the biggest mistake of my life in taking this on. Right. Uh, Because that carries over into what is going to be your mindset going forward into the day. So let's imagine that. And obviously for what we're talking, if that woman, woman business owner is going to meet with a banker about a loan and that 2am conversation wasn't addressed, man, that's going to have an impact. Now hear me out listeners. (laughs) If you're a male banker, that does not give you an excuse to be Charlie Brown. (laughs) (laughs) What it does say for the well-being of that business owner is being able to resolve those things in a way that leads to maybe potentially a better outcome inside and out. But anyway, I just just got to thinking about that as as you were going along. Maybe that's a a little bit of a segue uh, to ask, uh, how how do you think the well-being part is for those women business owners out there and include the very successful ones to the ones that are struggling, you know, and in between.
3: Yeah. So I was thinking, while well, you were talking, Eric, I was saying, I love, I love how you are weaving. Of course you would, right? The EQ piece. In that. and <laughs> about, well, that's very. Uh, thank you for right? noticing. <laughs> and that was beautiful. Right. And, <laughs> I was, and it made me think of a couple of things before I go to the small things. So, First of all, I want to say, and you said it, we we are not about bashing you know, bashing men, right? We need the guys. We need male champions, the male champions who are in those positions of power to help us. And and on the other side, we'll do everything we can to help you help us, right? So sometimes um, guys will say to me, "Well, I can't come to your stuff. I'm a guy." And I'm like, absolutely, you can come. Like, please come to our stuff. You know, please come to our events. Um, and a lot of our a lot of our business champions, we get a lot of support from business champions in town, and a lot of them are led by men. So, no male bashing. We need the we need the guys to help us. And I also find that um, men who have daughters really want to make the world better for their daughters. They really want to change these systems for the next generation. Women do too, right? They want to leave that legacy and make this better for the next generation, right? So. Um, I just wanted to add that in there because we we do not uh, hate men. We love men.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I can attest to that. <laughs> um,
3: right. And I was thinking about, as you hit on, too, the, the role of um, emotional intelligence um, and empathy in this, right? So um, I think when, when I am maybe pitching to a male banker or a male VC, it's, If he can have some empathy for where I'm coming from and sort of, you know, you know, that whole thing, put yourself in somebody else's shoes and try to understand where they're coming from. I think that would help change the conversation, too. Right. That sort of leaning in about, well, tell me more about that or tell me more about that that struggle. You know, whatever it is. Right.
0: You know, and Christy, I'm going to interrupt you because you just said something that really triggered in my head. And it's, it's born out of my desire to help. And I, I hopefully I won't uh, riff too long on this. And it, it got me thinking, you know, if, if, if I'm that woman business owner, right. And I'm going in and I know that I'm meeting with John Smith, who's, you know, the chief lending officer or whatever the case may be. I don't know the terms terribly well. And maybe doing that kind of research that goes beyond knowing what that bank typically does, how long it's been in business, but maybe a little more about him. Is there a way of looking on Facebook? Is he married? Wow, look, he has two daughters. Okay, I can leverage some of that because I can ask him to put himself in the shoes of his daughter who's wanting to start a new business and needs a loan, right? And and that's, that's the beauty of EQ, certainly, and it's also just a very strategic thing because I don't think most bankers, even the ones that are not doing maybe the best job under the sun, right? I don't think they get up in the morning and say, "Hey, you know what? Today's a good day for me to find a way to mess it up for women business owners." You know, <laughs> yeah, I, I
3: totally agree with you. I don't think anybody gets up in the morning and says, "Boy, I hope I really screw up somebody's day." Today.
0: Yeah, exactly, right. And however, I mean, the cold hard reality is, is that it still happens. And that just kind of got me going there. And I and I turned that off, uh, turned down a different road. So I want to get back to the well-being part. That's 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 an important thing.
3: Well, and let me add just one, one last piece about that. I think uh, understanding where people come from and kind of the core values and our beliefs, which we've hit a little bit on for, for NAVA, right? But I was, I, I, you know, I, we're a nonprofit. So I do a lot of fundraising and partnership building, right? and Connecting that's, I think how you and I met, right? Somebody connected us and the and way we went. So I have been able to take that piece about confidence, right? So I was meeting with a potential uh, business champion not long ago, and I noticed in doing my research that they were focused on financial confidence and their core values, the statement about financial confidence. And so I was able to say, look, we're about, we're aligned on that. We're about building room and business owners confidence and you're about financial confidence. And it seems to me there's some alignment here. Right. And, and it turned out to be a happy ending. I mean, they have, they have come on board as a new champion for us in the, in the new year in 2020. So um, I totally agree with what you just said about just finding those linkages and finding that common ground.
0: Yeah. And I, I, yeah, go there, go there.
3: Or say what
0: you want to say. <laughs> no, that was just me and my elation of or what you said, that. Christy. See, that's the danger of having you on as a guest, because I feel it's like when we have coffee, you know, I want you know, but I'm going to be a good, right?
2: I'm going to be a good host. And now I'm going to let you talk about well-being. well, being. well, Christy, don't worry about trying to keep to any agenda because we never do.
3: <laughs> okay, good. <laughs> good. I like it. I like it. Well, so so will say a little bit more about that Eric will you now that we've circled around. Yeah, and I I've, I've okay. taken
0: this way I'm down another here, rabbit hole. I guess I was thinking about um the well-being for uh, the the woman business owner and how they're managing all the different things of life. We know entrepreneurism is hard on just many levels, uh, many of which you you've discussed, but how are they doing their physical, mental, spiritual, emotional uh health from what you've been able to observe?
3: Yeah. So I can tell you this. We, we have just finished um, a strategic planning process where we did some deep discovery and conducted a bunch of interviews with stakeholders and whatnot. And I can tell you this. So as we talk about our purpose of empowering women business owners um, to overcome challenges and fully realize their true potential, right? That is our purpose. That's why I get up every day in the morning and why my board, you know, volunteers and whatnot. But when we were working on that statement, Uh, My board, in the middle of the process, we added the two words, overcome challenges, right? So empower all women business owners to overcome challenges and fully realize their true potential because that's what we do every day. You're right. Entrepreneurship is hard, whether you're male, female, brown, black. It doesn't matter. It's hard, right? And there are good days and there are bad days, as we all know, right? Um, And so I think... Uh, And the other thing I was thinking about is we're also, uh, so our December luncheon is focused on, and it has been for several years, focused on health and wellness. Um, And then this year, we're going to add a little piece in there about wealth, right? So I I just use the airplane. I just said this yesterday, right? It's a little bit like when you're on an airplane and they tell you to put your oxygen mask on first, right? You, as a CEO of a business, you are the number one asset for that company, right? Without you, if you got sick or, um, has some mental health challenges or whatever, like it would affect your company, it would affect your employees, right? The whole deal. So we do try to talk with our um, with our women about taking care of yourself and being conscious about that physical, emotional, mental health. Um, and I and I believe that being in a community like NABO uh, helps you do that, right? Because there's you're having a bad day, boy, I sure hope they call me or they call a member of their round table or another member that they know and, and sort of, you know, get that hope and that courage. They can work through it. Right. It'll, it'll pass, whatever it is. I just believe you can find a way through every challenge. Um, but I used to tell my kids when they were little, I can't help you if I don't know about it. I I can't help. Right. If you're keeping it inside and you're not sharing. So I know for sure, um, based on the stories I hear and the women I talk to every day that when you're in a involved in a group like Nabo, you will go further faster, right? There's an old, there's an old African proverb about that, right? Like if you want to go, I'm not going to say it right, but if you, if you want to go slow, go alone, but if you want to go together, you know, I forget the exact proverb, but I know for sure that you'll go farther faster, um, and and probably realize more success when you're in a when you're in a supportive community like that And so I think that leads to your well-being.
0: Yeah, and I think you're you hit on something there too that that's really important. And I, I regardless of uh, your background, uh, if you're a listener, because I think isolation is probably one of the most dangerous things for an entrepreneur. I would dare say it's 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 a really dangerous thing for just anybody walking the planet. And if you have outlets and places that you can go to, to find out that you're not alone in the journey and find out that, yeah, I experienced that two months ago or someone else who says, yeah, I, I went into that same bank six months ago and I got the same kind of response, but I found out it's because they're just not filling in the blank. Right. And you guys do a great job of, uh bringing together that community so that they know that they're not alone. And and obviously, and I'm guilty of this, Christy, of just because of my wiring, sometimes I have to have people to like tap me on the shoulder and say, Eric, you don't have to do all of this on your own, <laughs> you know?
3: <laughs> yes. I'm laughing because someone said to me, well, I don't know if it was you, someone said to me recently, you don't have to boil the ocean.
2: Mm, right? Yeah.
3: You and me that we're talking about that. You like, uh, might start smaller.
0: Yeah. And that's the thing. I, I think, in, in many respects, you know, when we interact with people, there's that, you know, you mentioned empathy and the walking in other shoes. I, th- I think there's something to be said. And I know we've done this on previous episodes, kind of as a recurring theme is that what about the self empathy? It may be great that you understand uh, someone else's shoes and what they're walking in. What about yourself? Again, uh, Christy, uh, this is probably not going to surprise you. Uh, I was going through an assessment. Uh, this is probably close to six months ago. And it was a pretty deep dive type of, of look. And the lady that was kind of doing the uh, the debrief or, or whatever you'd want to call it, she said, um, I've heard a lot about how you're doing from your business pursuits and what you're planning and what you're working on. And then she says, after a long pause, <laughs> so who does that for Eric?
3: <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what, Christy,
0: I just sat there and I, I'm going, you know, um, I don't have a good answer. And that might mean I do have an answer and that's no one. Now that's my cross, but at the end of the day, you know, having outlets like Nabo for those business owners is is a really cool thing. And uh, if I remember right, maybe you said this at the beginning. Nabo is the largest chapter in the United States, right?
3: That's right. Yeah, Nabo Columbus is the is the largest chapter. Wow, and um, that's
0: just amazing.
3: That was true. That's been true since about twenty fourteen. That was true before I got here. I kind of jokingly say, like, I can't I can't claim that I. Am responsible for that growth. I'm just trying not to blow it up, right? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so we keep it going, and yeah, with with forty eight thousand plus women business owners in Columbus, Ohio, yeah, we're just we're just scratching the surface. No, right? I just totally agree.
0: Totally agree. So, uh, Christy, typically as we get closer to uh, to the end here, I always like to ask a question around who's inspiring you recently lately or who or what however there's a new question that I'm going to throw out and this one <laughs> okay. and, and I know you're probably going okay so what's here comes a curveball but no it, it'll be really cool cuz I am even willing to share with you uh, if needed, so that I'm not putting anybody uh, putting you in in a in a spot, but you know it's one thing to ask people, so what was one of the best decisions you made in your in your career in your work, your business, whatever. but how about what's been one of the worst decisions you've made? <laughs> and what did you learn from it? Because what I have found uh, and and in my personal life and professional life, I have learned the most from the decisions I made that were really bad decisions. That's when I could really come away and go, you know, next time or blah, blah, blah. So do you want to try it out? What do you think?
3: Sure. I'm I'm game to play. You know, right. I revealed to you I'm a planner, so this is really out of my comfort zone. Oh uh, okay,
0: I know, I know. Uh so I know
3: no. I'm happy to play and so, I have an answer. And I agree with you. It's even the failure that the best learning
0: happens. Yeah. And and I and I get it. I mean culturally everybody wants to talk about the mountain they climb, the deal they close, the car they bought, whatever, whatever. But we all know, at the end of the day, yeah, failure is where we go to learn. So, with that, can you think of one? You choose the area of life, and what was one of the the worst decisions you made, and what did you learn from it?
3: Yeah, I can. I sure can. And um, I would I would choose a business experience. And and I unfortunately, it's probably happened more than once, right? But um,
0: <laughs> I'm in that. I'm I'm, I'm in your tribe.
3: Probably the most recent. Well, this has been four or five years ago right so i um was made an offer i thought i couldn't refuse uh based given to me by someone i thought i knew really well like a a long-term 20-year relationship right and i playing into this is that i am a i'm a real relationship person like i go all in with people and kind of take them at face value and you gotta prove me really wrong, right? I believe in second chances and so you know, I like I go all in. So this is this particular case I was all in way in. Um and had been had have been an entrepreneur myself since two thousand six and did it full time oh nine to twenty fourteen, right? And so, um kinda moved out of that to go back inside to take a job because, and this is actually relates to our conversation, I thought it was the best decision for my family. I had two kids in college uh, at that time, and my husband and I are both self-employed entrepreneurs, and so I, I kind of got scared, quite honestly, because I that conference thing. I was like, cool, how are we going to pay for this? <laughs> how am I going to do two kids in a small, liberal arts college, right? And And if you're Self-employed, you know, the healthcare is off the chart, and, and I thought if I could go back inside and um, uh, take this job with healthcare, then I'd defray the healthcare cost towards college tuition. That was my thinking, um, and again, I approached it as a, I approached it as a mom, as a woman, right? And it was, a, it was a bad decision. <laughs> It was a bad decision, and I kind of knew, if I'm honest with myself, I, in my gut, I didn't really want to do it, and I knew it was a bad decision, but I thought it was a thing I ought to do uh, for my family and, and for my boys, um, and I wasn't it wasn't there very long, and it was not a good decision, right? But it's be- But part of it is, when I discover that people I'm all in with are not who I thought they were. And so that's when I get over, if I think about over my career, that's when I've gotten myself in trouble. All the way back to, all the way back to a college experience I had with someone I thought I knew super well and turned out I didn't. (laughs) So, so all of my decisions, if I'm really honest, and I've actually done some reflection on it. So your question wasn't as hard as I thought it might be. Um, It has to do with long term relationships that either, either people change. Or I, which could happen, right? We all have these experiences that change us. Or I just didn't see
0: something I should have seen. Wow! Wow! Great. Thank you for doing that, and you're a first, so you did awesome. So how about <laughs> how about good. uh yeah, and on a on a uh, uplifting point, sort of uh, as we're getting to the to the end, who or what has been inspiring you lately?
3: So, um, hmm. uh, you know what? A couple of things come to mind. Uh, well, I am inspired. I mean, this is going to sound like a like a softball answer and I don't mean it to, but I am inspired by our members and the women business owners that I get to support every day. <clears throat> I mean, truly. They they are fierce and they have built Um, companies or they're building companies or they have big dreams or they've, and they've overcome big obstacles. Right. And, um, it's part of the reason why I took this job. Right. I I met some of these amazing women and I thought, Oh, I want to work with them. Right. I will learn from them. I'll be smarter having, having been here with them and and hopefully I can contribute something along the way too. Right. But so, I I mean, that sounds like a big softball answer, but it's really true. Um, and then I've been I've been learning, uh, you know I um, I'm a big re- you know, I've talked about this I'm a big reader I love books I'm sort of famous for reading half a book and then moving on to the next shiny book and so <laughs> I, I never really finish any book but I know a little bit about a lot I guess <laughs> in my <laughs> literature. But the latest thing I've been listening to that is fascinating is actually a podcast that comes out of Duke University called Scene on Radio. Um, that a friend of mine recommended. And they've done two series. They're kind of, they're long, they're longer series. The first one was around race uh, and how we got where we are today in race relations. And the second one I'm listening to right now is, is called Myth. And it's looking at how we got to some of the patriarchy systems that we have today. And it's a, a male, I would tell you the names if I could remember it, a, it's a male host and a, and a female co-host. Uh, the female as a woman of color, and so they kind of trace their personal experiences, but then lots of history, like all the way back in history, that sort of look at some of the things that happened in history that got us to where we are today. And I'm only halfway through it, but I, I hope they'll come out with some solutions <laughs> at the end. But I think under, you know, I didn't. I wish I had, but I didn't study. I didn't take gender studies in college, right? I didn't. I didn't study women's issues. I didn't. Um, I didn't have, i don't have that in my educational background and so it's it's just been fascinating um to listen to this and sort of trace the history of, and it's very you know fact-based and history based so that's my latest kind of um,
0: Wow. That's very cool. Very cool. Uh, Lifelong learner. So Christy, I cannot thank you enough for joining us today. Really, really enjoyed it. Obviously, we always like to uh, invite you back when the time and the place is uh, working for you and all things. Last thing, truly last thing, if we have listeners out there who are either have already started a business or are thinking about doing it, females who uh, could Fit into either one of those. Uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you or NABO? What, what's their process?
3: Yeah, so best way is probably just to visit our website. So it's NABOCBUS.org, N A W B O C BUS.org. Certainly from there you can find our phone number and our emails. Again, I'm the executive director and we have a part time membership engagement coordinator. Uh, I would invite you just to come if you're interested and you' you want to learn more, um, shoot an email, give us a call and then just come to something. no zero pressure to join right out the gate. That's not my style but come check us out and and meet some of the women um, that we hang out with and then and then kind of go kind of go from there. That's my best advice. And, and to your point earlier like don't be, like, don't struggle in isolation, right Come um, somebody, out there has gone through what you're going
2: hey, Christy uh, for the listeners that aren't in the Columbus area there's many other chapters correct
3: there are so yeah in Ohio it's Cleveland and Columbus um, I also work real close with Indianapolis has the second largest chapter um, and not not far away there's one in Kentucky but you you actually could go to uh, they could go to navo.org N-A-W-B-O.org, that's the national website, and search a chapter in your area. And, and I often make referrals. I just referred somebody to D.C. the other day. So happy to help you connect, um, you know, use the network and, and get you connected.
2: Perfect. Thank you. Perfect.
0: With that, everyone, we will close out. We thank you for tuning in, as always, and we look forward to the next time we're together. Take care.
1: Thanks for subscribing and listening to the Spirit of EQ podcast with Jeff East and Eric Pennington. Spirit of EQ is a preferred partner of Six Seconds, the Emotional Intelligence Network. Six Seconds is a nonprofit organization researching what works in emotional intelligence. Best practices are shared through methods and tools that are global, scientific, and transformational. To find out more about Spirit of EQ or to request a speaker, go to spiritofeq.com. Our contact information is in the podcast show notes as well. And now for our special offer.
2: Hi, this is Jeff again. I just want to let everybody know that if you have any questions or want more information about anything we've talked about, just send me a quick email. And my email is Jeff at com, and I'll get right back with you. Thanks.
0: Hi everyone, this is Eric Pennington with the Spirit of EQ. I'm not introducing a new episode today. I'm here to tell you some things that might help you. Jeff,
2: you're with me as always. So yes. How do people get in touch with us? Well, the best way is just send us an email at info at spiritofeQ.com.
0: That's awesome. Jeff, I was also thinking about reviews, and I'm notoriously bad at asking for them, so reviews on all of
2: the platforms wherever you get your podcast.: Do yes. you think that'd be good?: I think that would be great, because one, that will help us learn how to make better ones. And it's always good for us. so to we're, hear- we're not the perfect podcast hosts. We're close. Okay, but, all right. But, but not, still, not totally we want perfect. your feedback.
0: We want your feedback.
2: But it'll, it will also might uh, let us know a new subject. Hey, we need to dig deeper into that. Yeah. So let us know what you think.
0: Cool. We really appreciate that. As always, too, there is social media, LinkedIn, Facebook, and we also have a YouTube channel. Those also have mechanisms or, or options for you to be able to leave a comment a like of those kind of things just want to make sure that you know how to get in touch with us right Jeff right we appreciate you all thank you once again we really appreciate you tuning in today one of the things that Jeff and I want to bring to your attention as well is that when we created this podcast it was not intended to take the place of a clinician In other words, if you find yourself in a place where there's something deeper going on or something that you cannot solve on your own, we do recommend that you reach out to a clinician of some sort. This podcast is purely opinion-based and it is rooted in the desire to help you along your path in whatever way we can. However, it is never going to replace nor should it ever be looked at as a replacement for clinical help in any way.